did you hear us? Uh, kind of. I heard oh, you talking. No, he didn't. Okay. Oh, <laughs> he's gonna be a treat. No. When you don't tell him he'll, he'll, when he listens <laughs> back to it. He'll, yeah. Maybe. I just had to name that I could hear <laughs> you peeing because. Oh. Yeah. No. She. <laughs> no. She. She. We declared that we heard you peeing. Yeah. Oh. It didn't. So now everyone knows that at this point in the podcast <laughs> you got up and you. I did. In fact, this orange sickle stuff. One gives me the burps. Yeah, I've oh yeah. Burping into this mic all <laughs> night. <laughs> you think he, <laughs> do you think you can hear that? You think it was loud enough? Golly, I can only hope so. I can uh, only hope so. What maybe in case it wasn't super clear what that was? Uh, what 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 did you just capture, Noah? Uh, that was the untwisting of a bottle cap on an orange and cream clear American seltzer water uh, that apparently has almost nothing in it except for potassium. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, our guest has uh now uh, giggles all we've got from her to this point uh <laughs> meredith fitting right uh, in already <laughs> oh knock it off this is a giggle, giggly <laughs> podcast uh meredith how are you doing well thanks thanks for having me <laughs> absolutely How's thank your? you for agreeing to be here you're it's welcome it's always a bit of an uphill battle trying to get people to sit down and talk to <laughs> noah and i so <laughs> we appreciate you uh yeah. coming out Making it happen. I'm very kind-hearted. <laughs> yeah, see, a strong start. Usually, it, it's it, we're uh, pulling teeth to get people to be on here, and then they just bully us for an hour and a half. Yeah. Somewhere. This is a good place to be. This, this is, is a, good is a great be. place to be. How's your uh, How's your Sunday? What'd you do? What'd you, how, what's your typical Sunday look like in your? Oh life? man, um, I think in general Sunday is kind of my reset day. Yeah. So as an introvert i always need a lot of time to recharge for the week ahead so kind of like get stuff in order do grocery shopping make food if i have to do laundry what's your typical sunday yeah. Hannah? a lot of the things that meredith <laughs> said to be honest with you uh or you at least hold on do you consider yourself an introvert or extrovert i really wrestle with this to be totally honest with you mm -hmm. i know that i i thrive around other people depending mm. on the context but i will also say that there are times where i desire nothing more than to just sit and do whatever it is that i want to do by myself with no one else so i don't know i think maybe uh, I, know I hear people s sometimes describe themselves as like i'm an extroverted introvert yeah. <laughs> or i'm an introverted extrovert with occasional <laughs> Extroversions, tendencies, ten tendencies. <laughs> and it's like I don't know what you just said, but yeah, I believe you. Uh, so I think on the largely, I consider myself an extrovert, and I do also really appreciate some good recharge time. Yeah, for sure. I always think of myself as a people-focused introvert versus a task-focused introvert, and you could have a task-focused extrovert. See, the Explain. more nuance that I was never aware of in the introvert-extrovert <laughs> consideration. Yeah, there you go. Ex explain the difference there between a task-focused introvert and a people-focused introvert. Yeah, let me back up a second and then go to that. So first, I'm kind of using Myers-Briggs language, and there's a lot of different 
uh, personality type things out there and they all I don't think they're helpful if they put you in a box but they're helpful if they um, give you some language to understand yourself for sure. other people yeah I love that so in general like with Myers-Briggs the first letter combo is you're either an introvert or an extrovert but it's where you fall on the spectrum so it's where you tip this it's where you tip the scales you can even be really close to the middle but you can typically tell tell under stress where you tip the scales on which side and then everyone becomes more introverted over time the the more adult that you become um but anyway i kind of add my own layer to this which is in understanding my own self that i'm a people focused introvert so to me that means my focus is tuning into people relationships emotions but it takes a ton of energy for me so i need a lot of alone time to recharge so introvert versus extrovert it's not whether you like people or not it's how you get energized um and also sometimes it's connected to somewhat to being a verbal processor versus an internal processor a little bit of piece of it so um but to me the t like a task focused introvert i would think more of like a stereotypical developer or someone that's like definitely an introvert and they're just happy with being on a computer all day or yeah. task related i i too have struggled with this and the way you just described it is what energizes you yep in i like i think i'm an extrovert i th i think that's right because being around people energizes me but like the exploring within renews me and i'm gonna draw the distinction yeah. between a baseline and so like like internal reflection brings me back to baseline yeah renews me but being around people like charges me up above that baseline. Sure. It's definitely the case that I get energy from being around people for sure. But I need that like renewal time. That's yeah. what Sunday usually is for me is like a Sunday is the day I go to the Oasis to be washed clean. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Am I talking about that right? Thinking about it? Yeah, no. Is there a right way to think about it? No. <laughs> I think no. I think no. I think <laughs> you are very wrong. No, no, there's, no. There's clearly no. no way to think about Noah, it. Noah, there's, there's an exactly one way to think about it, and you are so far off the track. Uh, no, I think, I think, I think that's exactly part of Meredith's point is that there, it's useful insofar as you have language to talk about it. Yeah, and like with Myers-Briggs, it's then how it interacts with the other letters. So then it comes into like probably you being intuitive or different things that it makes the different letters express themselves in different ways. But one thing about energi being energized by people, there's a difference um, because introverts can still be energized by people, but they're more typically going to be energized by like a one-on-one, -on -one, like if it's at, at a party or something, they're going to prefer to uh, talk to someone they already know or have like a deep and in-depth conversation rather than going into a big unknown social gathering where in general extroverts are going to get really energized by a lot of new people and meeting new people in general. Speaking to the top of the mic. Okay. Yeah. There you go. You're good. <laughs> Sorry if you couldn't hear anything. No, I you could, there was there, you could see the waves. <laughs> they're just a little smaller. I Meredith, to your defense, I've never known to speak into the top of the mic either. <laughs> I've heard now that I've been goofing up it's many okay. a podcast. You are uh, a goof. You I am a goof. <laughs> uh, hey, before <laughs> I forget though, uh, do you <laughs> big goof? Um, 
What was the test that Paul talked about? Do you remember? I don't remember. I'm embarrassed to admit that I do not remember. Because I, 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 I enjoy the Enneagram. Yeah. Um, and they're like to the same point that you made. It's just a tool to give you language to kind of recognize pieces of yourself that without putting rigid boundaries yep. around who you are. Uh, and I wish I could remember the one that Paul talked about, but uh, there's no sense in us no, ruminating I got, on it now. I don't. It, it's entirely possible that about 20 minutes from now, I'm going to abruptly <laughs> yell into the mic <laughs> the name of the test. Uh, but I don't remember. I don't remember it right now. Yeah, whatever. doesn't matter. Do you know what your Myers-Briggs is? Uh, ENFP? Does that sound... Mm. Like that the like letters one. that are associated with the Myers Briggs. Yep, that's a legitimate option. All right, <laughs> that is all in right. Fact I could okay. The combination of four letters I, you are entitled to choose. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I think that's what I my result is. Uh, I don't know that I've taken it in quite some time. Sure. Uh, but that is what I remember. Yeah. So I that automatically tells me a lot of poss- possible things about you. ENFP baseline. Yep. So this is just my own language for this, but sometimes I think of ENFPs as the one without an extreme anchor, but you seem to be very anchored. But by that, I mean like extroverted, intuitive feeling and the P is the go with the flow. So it's kind of like very great at having fun ideas, but sometimes follow through is the hard part for Mm. ENFPs in general. Mm -hmm. I don't Mm -hmm. know. That doesn't seem to be true, but I only met you like, five minutes ago yeah that's fair we don't i mean <laughs> we go we go way back i mean but i, I did, guess not. We don't i go did way listen to back. a podcast on the way so i've i've heard ah, some, yeah. very good mm-hmm. which one did you listen to i was listening to some of the most recent one uh, with ben with yeah. ben i think very so good. yeah yeah ben i didn't Richard. get to an intro of who he was but i i didn't get that part that also <laughs> sounds uh, that's on brand yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it usually takes us quite some time to formally <laughs> introduce our guests as uh, long like if like even circling back to that point is a win for us. So. Right, honestly. <laughs> Which maybe okay, you're a P that that okay. That's that's a ENFP thing. ENFP thing. Okay, <laughs> it tracks. Uh, <laughs> and I, it's funny you say that. I feel like, especially in the elements of my life that I've started to dabble into more kind of entrepreneurial endeavors. Yeah, that definitely aligns with what you're saying. Yeah, like I've got all the ideas in the world and. I've got, you know, just lists on lists on lists in my phone. Uh, and then the time because I sit down, I'm like, what have you actually created? What have you done with all of this information? What yep. have you done with all these ideas? And it it dwindles and it, it pales in comparison to. Yeah, uh, because your strength is really seeing possibility and seeing potential. And then, again, I'm just saying ENFP in general. Yep. But like being no, it's okay. You can say it. Connor. I'll your strength. <laughs> yeah. you, Connor, you're there bad at... actually aren't any. I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> no, Connor, the funny <laughs> thing is about ENFPs is that uh, <laughs> they're bad at everything they do. That's okay. That's <laughs> Sorry <laughs> to anyone who's no. out there listening to this ENFP. ENFPs I am are the very exception. You special. Are. Very special. Um, no, but really... Yes, they are. That also sounds like what my parents <laughs> told me. You're a... No, All through you, my child. Don't worry, Connor. You're very special. <laughs> have you ever... What's that movie called? Superstar with Mary Catherine Gallagher? Does that ring any I, bell? Yes. Yes. I, yeah. okay. Is that the one where it's like, Superstar? Yeah, she, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's this line that just popped in my head. Were you just going to stick your hands under your armpits? Yeah, because like, that's what she does <laughs> sometimes when oh, I get Oh, and then nervous. she smells them, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> big, 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 big
her teachers tell her in the movie they're like you're a special girl mary that's why we're putting you in special ed (laughs) 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 yeah anyway you're you're very special you are very special thanks (laughs) appreciate it uh yeah no all that does make sense yep oh what i was gonna say is really good with people connecting and tuning into other people in general it tracks i like to think that tracks yeah Yeah. uh what i like the the most that i've just heard from your little banter is every time you say sweet noah (laughs) 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 i also like that a lot (laughs) (laughs) oh sweet sweet noah yeah (laughs) yep it says a lot about both of you (laughs) well i don't know about that I, I know about that. I know yeah. you're a sweet boy. <laughs> you're a sweet Disney prince. Knock it off. Oh, <laughs> knock it off. Well, it says things about Noah, and it also says things about you to, to pick up on that and also say it so endearingly. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. Uh, any, any, any who? Wait, uh, should we go into that further? Shouldn't we follow that? No. <laughs> yeah, isn't that a thread we're chasing? <laughs> no, we're chasing no thread. That thread has been snipped that by the three oh, face. He snipped it, did he? Okay, Fates, well, I'll tell you what. Snipped those threads. I'll tell you what. I was going to say, Noah's pointing at me. He's got a, he's well, got something to say. Well, you're going to tell you what, and then I was going to say what, but. Oh, no, I'll tell you what. What? Perfect. <laughs> uh, why don't we avoid our classic pitfall, at least by a little bit? Uh, tell us about yourself. Ma- yeah, Meredith. <laughs> tell us. Okay. Tell us about you. Well, whatever you'd like to share. Yeah. All of it. Why don't I start with asking you guys why you had me on the show? Classic. Wow. <laughs> Power move. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tell me about you. Well, it's yeah. funny you say that. Let me answer your question <laughs> with a question. Uh. Yeah. All right. Uh, what did you say? Why we had yeah, you on? Yeah. Why am I here? Just to give. Oh, that's a good question. Why? No. Yeah. I, um. <laughs> <laughs> why do you think you're here? Well, no. Uh, so I don't know. We've we've met. I don't know. Probably like a month ago now. Yeah. Not that long ago. It's a relatively new um, friendship, and it was in the context of the sauna at Embrace North. And as as happens in the sauna, some of like whether it's with you, Connor, or Jerry, or Meredith, like some of the best conversations I've had in my life have like happened in the, that sauna in the last two months. It's wild. It's it's like this weird sort of um, I don't even know it's how to describe there. it. It's special. It's really is. special. It is. And if you've it's not like been, a sacred place. If you've not been, you're in the Minneapolis area. <laughs> make sure to check it out. Yeah. Available for private bookings for households only, given I, the current state of the world. I um. One thread I do want to chase real quick, just as a tangent to that about you saying it's a special place. Yeah. I was telling Connor, I I. There was four people rented out to sauna today, and um, we'll get to this eventually because it, it's related to my comment about uh, finding your ancestors in the ice. But um, I like had all of this work I had to do today, and there's four. I was there, been there. I was at the gym from seven o'clock until I came here, and I like had all this work I was gonna do. But then I got there, and it was like I just sat down and started writing on my laptop, and it's like I couldn't stop writing, so I just like kept writing. And then after the first group went at nine in the sauna, I then went in the sauna and just like started pacing back and forth in the sauna because I like had to hit a like writer's block. So I was like, I was like saying what I wanted to write, like in my head as I was like pacing back and forth. And then the next group came and then I went out of the sauna and like could start writing again and would do that in like the half an hour increments between group periods. It's perfect. 
and it was just wild. It's like as soon as I stepped in those doors, it's like the thing I had been trying to formulate sitting at the computer suddenly dropped into my head uh, as if out of nowhere. Um, I don't know. It it was I love that. It's awesome. It makes me think of the concept. Have you ever heard of the concept of a thin place like they talk about in Iceland or in the Scottish Highlands at all? I haven't, but I. I don't know if this is where you're going, sure. but if it's not where you're going, I have something that that makes me think of. <laughs> Let's go. No, no, no. What is what no, does it mean? I, I don't you? know. A t- I don't know a ton about this, and it's more just some language for this. But it's supposed to be like a thin place between earth and heaven. Or yes. Something. Yeah. <laughs> I I so that when sorry, you said headphones that, users. I have literally never heard of that, but I thought yeah. of it as like the thin veil between you and the eternal. Yes. That's, that's how I. Like that was what, but I've never heard. It's that supposed before. to be like, uh, so like, I love Iceland for example, and and before the Vikings even were there, yeah. supposedly, Irish monks would sail there because they felt like they could experience God easier or something. But mm. there's, uh, and so they're just places where, yeah, it's supposed to be the veil is thin, whatever that means. But it made me think of that that song. Oh, I know. We know exactly what it means. <laughs> it's just a place <laughs> where you can connect to that yes. that deep what whatever. It's the portal. Yeah. yeah. That's a sauna for me. The sauna is a thin place, man. I felt that when I went in there. So yeah. real quick, I'm so glad I got to go before the new recent restrictions yeah, yeah, got yeah. set. So now you can still go and it's still special, but you have to go with your household yeah. only. But I a friend invited me yeah, about a month ago, and so to the happy hours, and that was yeah. such a cool – it's such a cool thing. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to pick the thread back up where I detract. Um, <laughs> and so we met about a month ago or whatever it was in the sauna, and I just remember since then, every encounter since then has been just like one phenomenal conversation after another. And at, at one point, you like – I don't even know if you remember you said this but you made kind of the joke about uh i don't even i don't even know if you were talking about me but you you said the term womb mates oh yeah i wasn't talking about you specifically yeah i yeah, know uh, <laughs> I, I knew you weren't i knew you weren't no i have something very <laughs> no 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 life shattering she wasn't she, no she wasn't i knew she wasn't talking about me but when she said it i was like huh cuz i think that was right after i had got done describing my weird theory about uh, if we all come from the same source, then the magnetism that we feel towards certain people is a result of our proximity in the origin. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do remember that. Yeah. And so she – and then that led to her bringing up this concept of womb mates, that there are certain people that, you know, it just – before you were born, you were close sort of feeling. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the conversations we've had, it's always just felt like uh, – I don't know, like – we could have been roommates. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> okay. I love this. I love this for a lot of different reasons. First of all, for just like obviously the essence of what roommates implies. <laughs> Second of all, it also sounds like like a four year old and a five year old are having a sleepover <laughs> and they're trying to say roommates, but they can't quite get it out. Like, we're oh. roommates. <laughs> we're roommates together. Yeah. And yeah. Bob's gonna make us waffles in the morning. Yeah, yeah. No, all those or pizza true. eggies. <laughs> no, but I, I use it in like I use it in the in the context of like. It feels like there are a lot of things that you have. So, 
from from our conversations and the words and the language you use i can sense that you two are a lover of words and so <laughs> it's it's we've talked before about how um giving people I really think that one of the greatest gifts we can give people is the la- is language, like a language to describe what they're feeling, what they're going through, what they're sensing. Uh, I think it's one of the greatest gifts we as human beings have been given is the gift of language. And so I've sensed from our very first encounter that you shared a similar affinity for language and your ability to describe the indescribable and equip people with that language as a means of healing them has been so fascinating to me. Uh, and it's like, I, it's, I've noticed it sharpen my own mind and ability to wield the weapon that is language in a way that's made me feel better, like more of me sharpen my steel, I guess, you know, it's like the, as iron sharpens iron, yeah. I feel as if your iron has sharpened me more than most. That's awesome. That makes sense. That was very well said. <laughs> and a profound compliment. Yeah, <laughs> we I haven't would even known each other very long. <laughs> <laughs> you're telling me. Yeah, we've you're, known each other for like twenty t- minutes. <laughs> yeah, you're there too, man. <laughs> yeah, too no, this is uh, this is excellent, and uh, I think that lends itself very nicely to my what would be my answer to the why are you at, why you're why are you here right yeah. uh, is I know very frankly very little about you. Yeah. Uh, as of right now, in this moment, I'm sure. And I hope that that will change. Uh, but I, what I do know of you comes from many a raving from Noah about, <laughs> dude, you got, like, I, this, I met this girl. We talked to Sana. Like, we got to talk to her. You got it. You got to talk to her. You got it. You got it. You got it. It's like, okay. I believe you. <laughs> I believe you. Yeah. And yeah, of course, it was, it was from there. It was, it was a no brainer. It goes back to one of the very first things we talked about when, uh, you know, it's like when you find the, like, getting the right people on the bus mm-hmm. it's like when you encounter attraction. those what oh i just saw the traction book on the Uh-oh. shelf <laughs> and that's attraction concept <laughs> oh is it it's I or they talk about it in there i think right people uh, right seats. anyway sorry to interrupt it's okay you should be sorry <laughs> <laughs> i truly uh, am <laughs> no but i'm a true believer in that it's like once you find the and this is so weird way of saying it but it's like once you find the people who's like energy feeds you it's like you just find a way to keep them in your life and it doesn't matter how they fit in your life why they're there it's just like get the right people on the bus right surround it's, yourself it's with just important people. that they're there yeah and somehow or another you'll be better for it yeah it doesn't matter like the exact capacity and she's just probably sitting there and being like, I do not feel the same. Get out of my aura. When's the next stop <laughs> on the bus? <laughs> that was good. Pulling the thing. Uh. Would love to get off. <laughs> no, uh. I think, no, I think, uh, it, it, I think what kind of struck me, it's kind of like one, one way to say it that comes to mind is tuning into the same station. Like we've yeah. had different language, but have tracked on some similar concepts that I think has been... Mm. Interesting. Yeah, I think the way I described that previously was different receivers of the same signal. Yep. Yeah. For example, different language for yeah. the similar yep. concept. Yeah. I, yep. I am. I am there. I'm seeing yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. That. This I is this is a. I'm really excited about this. So, <laughs> uh, I. For maybe maybe there's more to hash out here before we sure. turn it back on to you and and 
I can ask us to continue to tell us more about yourself, but I will I will disclose candidly that before we before we hit record, Noah said that uh, you know if we if we like Connor, like, best case scenario is we just tee Meredith up and we just let her do her thing and, we, and she just goes she just goes in for like an hour hour twenty hour thirty what have you, and I was excited about that because I've got a lot to learn about and from you Meredith. Uh, this is also you there's again there's no visual. Eventually, maybe that happens for the Oasis project, but I do I'm have the camera now. We do have a camera now. We're one step closer. <laughs> We're yeah. one step closer to visual. Uh, I'm seated between Noah and Meredith as we record, <laughs> so I'm excited to watch the metaphorical ping pong ball go back and forth <laughs> between the two. I'm ready. I'm ready to almost completely fly on the wall. This bad boy. Uh, <laughs> I'm very excited to learn a lot. Uh, but do, I don't know that we allowed you to finish. Yeah. Oh, wait yeah. a second. You deflector. <laughs> yeah. She turned it completely onto us, and we've yes. learned. No, yeah. Our not answers, yet enough. Our answers sufficient. Yeah. That w- that was excellent. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> of course. Okay. No, okay. So who who am I? Um. So I'm Meredith. Hello, everyone. And I don't even know what to say. What What do I do? Yeah. So uh, I just I mean, <laughs> you tell us. I mean, like conventionally, people would probably say. I mean, I, I don't know. I think about stereotypically when somebody asks, tell yeah. me about yourself, people delve in, into where they grew up and what they do for work. Yeah. And, you know, like they're, those are relatively surface level, I yeah. think. Uh, I'm not to say that if you want to share those things that you are wrong for sharing those things. I uh, truthfully am, <laughs> I would am just curious about think slightly what less your day. You. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just, I would just be less excited about the rest of this conversation. Uh, no, that's not true, of course. Um, I am selfishly, I want to learn a lot about what it is that you do and how you spend your Monday through Saturday to lead up to Sunday recharge day. Uh, I also recharge on Saturdays too. Oh, Monday through <laughs> Friday to lead up to your recharge weekends. Uh, but I, I, whatever you want to share. Yeah. Whatever, whatever, yeah. No, I'll, I'll share that because what I do, I think is very much a outflow of who I am. So it's mm. like, yeah. Uh, I'm just seeing your mind thinking. <laughs> yes. I, well, I would like to start sooner than that and build up to where you are now. Okay. Kind of as the journey to get us to the top of the mountain that is the present. The, uh, so tell us a little bit about your background. Speci- we can go as far back as you want, but I know that you come <laughs> from kind of more therapy background. Yep. And so I would like to know in terms of what was the animating influence of like getting you into that profession in the first place and then what caused the the plate shift into this new journey really really quick before <laughs> you dive in i have one other thread that i want to it's like gonna be the quickest poll maybe that we've ever had on this on this podcast will you say what you just said in relation to i'll talk about what i do because of just like the, oh, the phrasing that you used there i said i I'll talk about what I well because when you asked uh you know if some people might talk about where they came from or what their job well yeah. you didn't say what your job is but that's what popped in my mind yep. and yep. so like s- that can be sometimes surface or boring uh potentially and I was just thinking for me what I do is an expression of who outflow I, am. I believe is and, the word you an said outflow yeah so uh <laughs> I just wanted to chase that because if anyone is listening to this and that is not yet the case for you i hope with all of me that you can find 
some way in whatever capacity to make that a fuller, closer to a truth for you. I think that's something that if more people could claim that as true, yeah. that what they do is an outflow of who they are, that a lot of people would be much happier. This is a huge threat. <laughs> this is a huge. I say you said it's a small threat, but well, I just wanted to say is, that. I didn't know. I didn't know how far you unraveled the yard, my friend, because yeah. that like where that takes my mind is like I do want to get back. I don't want to yep. chase it too too much. But as we've talked in the past about the unlived life metastasizing. Oh man. Right. <laughs> and so and she she used the language outflow. And so it's like if you have the self that exists within you and you do not get to express that in what you do on a day-to-day basis, you force it back in where it metastasizes and poisons your soul, for lack mm. of a better word. That's the language I'm going to use. And so I'm, I'm going to stop there. I could go on for a really long time, but I love that. I got to just say a couple of things. <laughs> yes. See, this is good. We've, we've, <laughs> no. we've fanned the flame yeah. that is Meredith. The yeah. Meredith's monologues. The volleys. <laughs> brought the volleys to you by the begun. Oasis Project. Yeah. Please. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It just, there's like a few tabs that popped up in my mind. <laughs> a few browsers. So yeah. the, the, the first one is just this thing. I think I might have mentioned this to you before, Noah, but the, this thing I heard my mom say once, where she's full of wisdom, but she, you know, everyone's question when they're young is, what am I going to be when I grow up? And yeah. she said at some point, an acorn doesn't stress out about what it's going to be when it grows up. I can't say that and not expect me <laughs> to go down 5,000. <laughs> okay, this is a good yes. practice of self-control. Uh, yeah, no. you're right. <laughs> no. You're right. It is. Uh, no, but by the properties and, <laughs> and then you're sorry okay too bad we don't have video on this because <laughs> no i'm i'm, <laughs> I'm just i'm just the, the giddiest little boy right now i am a happy camper okay. please keep going by the properties inherent within an acorn it automatically grows into an oak tree so it's kind of like figure out what the properties that are inherent within you and you do out of who you be basically you you grow up and into What's that mature oak tree version? And then uh, I'm going to butcher this quote, but it's this one about Michelangelo where they are asking him about one of the sculptures that he created. Mm -hmm. And they talk about, he just said, they're like, how did you do that? And I don't know if it's about the statue of David or if it's like an angel statue. I don't remember which one. I I was hoping this would ring a bell and you guys could say it instead. (laughs) But basically... uh, so they ask him about this, and he he's basically said, I just chiseled it. It was already in there. It was already trapped inside. I just released it from the stone. Yep. So it's kind of that thing of it's already inside of you. It's allowing it to I think it forth. was the Statue of David because I'm okay. pretty sure it's part of our conversations previously, one of which I'm fascinated. Yep. I, fa- I, I think yeah, I Yeah, let's anchor it. this. I think I found it. <laughs> Every block of stone has a statue inside it, and it is the task of the sculptor to discover it. I saw the angel in the marble and carved oh. until I set him free. The angel. That was it. Cool. But it came up in the context oh, of when I we love were... that. <laughs> yeah, it came up in the context <laughs> of when we were talking. Damn it. I'm going to chase another thread. <laughs> it wouldn't be the Oasis Project Shoot. if <laughs> we didn't talk about not. Well, it came up in the context of when we were talking thing. about the statue of David and how. Yeah. There were a couple sculptors. Which is bef- amazing. Yeah. Sorry. In real life. It is. It's the most. Yeah. It is. There were a couple sculptors who looked at this flawed block of stone and said it can't be done. 
Um, and then until it took the true genius to be able to take this flawed and imperfect, perfect, imperfect, uncarved block of stone to see through those flaws and see the statue of David hmm. kind of waiting to be yeah. revealed by chiseling away the excess. Yeah. And I think that is the formation of formation and refinement of our soul is simply chiseling, chiseling away the excess of what we accumulate over time. Yep. In terms of whether it's like past scars, whatever, we allow the crust around us to accumulate. And then it just has to be chipped away yeah. piece by piece. And I would even, my mind adds to that. It can be stuff, you know, just experiences of life, but it can also be generational baggage. So mm-hmm. just to tie like a few thoughts here, back to one of your threads a few seconds ago off of this, but like one of my thought experiments or th- that I think about is kind of like regardless of a person's belief system, but you think about getting on the other side of things of your life and suddenly having all this uh, awareness of what your life could have been or what you were capable of. And for me, I don't want to get on the other side and see like, man, I only operated in a small pinky of what was available to me because what would my family think or it's never been done before. And so no one else can know that but you like you could to everyone around you be like so successful and only you know inside that you're only operating 20 percent of what's in there to do would you like to step in i i'm just even giddier boy than i was not long ago (laughs) you could like she's saying the exact same thing she's different this is this is yes this is uh yes Well, I, I don't. I, I don't. I. I mean, I know. What you're, I know what you're going to say. You know what I, I'm going to say. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I, we've had the conversation about the David Gog. I, I think I brought up David yeah, Goggins yes. last time and like the unlived life yep. of getting to heaven. You tell it. I'm. I'm Which I had never heard of before. Yeah. yeah it's it's this uh, approach that David Goggins has built for himself that he imagines that he his life ends and he goes up to heaven and that god has uh this chart that has written out on it everything that you were to have accomplished throughout your life and without delving deeply too deeply into the life and times of david goggins uh effectively there was a stretch of his life where he was frankly wildly overweight weighed 350 pounds and worked as an exterminator uh and he then decided this isn't the life that I want to live. This is not what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. You know, I have more potential than this. I can prove myself, and I'm going to prove the world wrong. And he went out and he became one of the most, uh, I, I mean, was some of the the highest ranking, most most revered military professionals, individuals, veterans, yeah. veterans, I, I suppose. He was a seal. He was, but then he also did like the the ranger. Decorated, yeah. I don't, one of the most, yeah. one of the more decorated. That's the, that's probably the word. Uh, but anyway, and then he, then continued on to then get into, uh, you know, ultra marathons and endurance running and yeah. endurance competition. And so uh, the reason that all of that's relevant is that he has this belief for himself that when he goes up to heaven and he sees the chart that God had laid out for him. He doesn't it's not that he doesn't want to be the 350 pound exterminator and find out that he was supposed to be 185 pounds and a seal. It's that he wants to outwork the chart. And so that as he lives this life 
living out not only what is his expected potential, but more than that, mm. that God is actively up there writing the chart as <laughs> he's living it yeah. is the yeah. is the idea. Yeah, and I, I don't think this is why I love having conversations with her because it's like we have all these things we've talked about, and then she's saying something, and then it like sparks something in me to take something we've talked about previously like even further. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it's like the idea that you were just talking about of like outworking the chart. It's like I think about it in the context of like um, perhaps like all right, not even perhaps. What if God created the world? hoping he would be surprised by it Hmm. and so if like our individual manifestation is a pursuit of trying to surprise the creator yeah that's a fascinating thought what it makes me think of and yeah it's well my mind pauses because of i like to be really uh like respectful of a myriad of belief systems yeah. but just use some language to something it makes me think think of the concept of there being a god be it being created in his image and so that means we have creative abilities and so what does it mean to speak things into being yeah. or like let there be light yeah <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, uh, what what is it if there's a god that created yeah what does it mean for us to then step into that likeness and to create as well yeah yeah um and i don't know if you've gotten to this part in the war of art yet uh but there's a line that he loves and i'm gonna butcher it but it's um something oh my gosh it's really you guys i'm gonna (laughs) find it in the book it's like is in love with the creation of art is in love with the creations of time or time is in love with the creations I don't know. It's mm. really going to bother me. You must not have gotten to it yet. I've not. I will admit I've not started War of Art yet. So I've definitely <laughs> <gotten to it. laughs> It's going to take me two seconds to find it. I was like, you shook your head no before Hold he on. said Hold on. No, I know. Hold I'm, on not, I'm not yet. Keep talking. I'm going to find it. It'll take me two seconds to find it. Okay. Uh, where, before I introduce this this insidious thread that we have here. Yep. Uh, what were you? What were you? Where were we? What were you, what were you discussing? Uh, or you had a number of uh, other threads that you wanted to chase. Did you find it? Uh, no, but I want I want to earmark <laughs> something. Okay. Um, you mentioned this idea of uh, within us having not only kind of our particular experience affect us, but there are certain historical traumas that we carry with us. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So. Oh, well, I would say the thing I want to earmark. We we love John Bellion, uh, the artist. Who I don't really know. Yeah, he's a musician. He's got a live concert on Thursday. I'm very excited for. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've heard him name dropped on the podcast I listened to. uh, You guys, we love him. Odds are good. (laughs) Odds are very good that you've heard him name dropped. Yeah. Uh, But anyway, this plays into um. This will make sense. Um, I love myths, and he's got a line about being the storyline of Simba in a song called Kingdom Come. It's it's I'm the storyline of Simba. Um. As I watch the rising sun, living prophecy is me, kingdom come. Anyway, I love the idea of like the storyline of Simba and the Lion King generally. Yeah. Particularly the line, I was laying underneath the stars outside the sauna on Thursday night. And I, I for whatever reason, I thought about the conversation between Timon and Pumbaa and Simba, where they're looking at the stars and Simba goes, 
it's it's the the great kings of the past looking down on us to guide us mm. and then and then uh Pumbaa like corrects him he's like I thought I was like molten gas yeah yeah, you yeah. Know, <laughs> yeah. he says that right answer and then Timon's like oh I'm Pumbaa you idiot why would you think that yeah <laughs> anyway I want to earmark that for a, a a later conversation that's going to tie together going to all come back to the ice ancestor thing that I want to tie together but that's an important part of it yeah. Anyway, I think what we were having you describe, if I remember correctly, is uh, just like what what your how you got into like your therapy background, and then we were talking about. Mm -hmm. um, oh, I thought you. I was finishing one other thread. While you can you finish were whatever thread you want to finish. See, this because once I, I go into that, <laughs> I'm not going to allow the war of art interruption. <laughs> <laughs> this is. <laughs> this is excellent. This is so excellent. No, I th okay. My mind's trying to hold this. Um, I think just related to the being the fullness of what's inside of you to be and the whole thing of getting like carving the stone. Mm. It's kind of like removing every barrier, overcoming limiting mindsets. And sometimes we're sometimes we get those because of many reasons. Sometimes it's the family we're bo we're born into the generation we live in history our culture so that's something that i think of it's a lot of times what people struggle with it's not just their own thoughts it's inherited it's in t inherited ways belief systems and ways of thinking so to begin to have awareness of what the limiting mindset is and where that comes from helps you begin to overcome it sure sure yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense uh it, it <laughs> <laughs> there's gonna be a lot of that there's already been a lot of that <laughs> in this episode uh there's gonna be a lot of that as we as uh, we now oh yeah <laughs> it's william blake i can't believe i forgot this eternity is in love with the creations of time mm. i love that and so to me that's the same idea as god creating a world to be surprised by it yeah and so if god is eternity then it's set these forces in motion with the words, let there be light, if you believe in the Christian God. Uh, set these forces in motion with the words, let there be light, that are continuing to unfold in a way that he hopes to be surprised by. He's in love with those creations. Yeah. And those creations are us. We are those creations designed to inspire. <laughs> Just what a, what a powerful notion. What a, imagine if every single person regardless of uh, job or aspiration or predisposition or what have you, if they took it upon themselves to live out such a life where their potential was their floor. That you know what I mean? <laughs> where like, where like yeah. I, everything that I am capable of is only the beginning of what I will bring into this life. Yeah. That, gets me going <laughs> that's that's one of my favorite concepts or you know when it comes to whatever exactly the oasis c means uh or like what you would tell your <laughs> yeah. w what you would want your progeny to know or whatever mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. to that's me word. one <laughs> uh one of the biggest things is how to be a floor not a ceiling for yourself and others like Hmm. in your own life how to recognize so we can all go i love that 
So we that can is so <laughs> fantastic. No, like we can all go so far based on our natural skills and abilities and innate wiring and potential. And then eventually you hit a ceiling where if you want to get to the next level, you have to address that ceiling. And the cool thing is, one, which that could be external or internal. It could be like, um, I, you're running a business and you don't know how to do marketing. And so you need to learn how to do that. Or it could be yeah. you hit a limitation of where self-doubts that you have uh, or c communication limitations with people. But to me, it's really exciting once you identify a ceiling because once you identify it, you can begin to overcome it. And the cool thing is when you finally bust through what used to be a ceiling, that, that used to be the cap of what you can do. What used to be your ceiling is now your new floor. And then it's like, where am I? I don't even know. I'm in a whole new territory right. to explore. Right. What Does that remind you of a John Bellion song? Uh, it's clear that it should. <laughs> Angels carry me to oh, land. Oh, yes. Past what you see and what you know and where you live in. Yes, absolutely. It's the ascension. Oh, man. gosh. It's the ascension. Yeah. So I'm yeah. always thinking about that level up concept, and I only played Mario Brothers growing up. So I think there's probably more video games that uh, build out the level up absolutely. concept than I know. <laughs> uh <laughs> So uh, I, I will say, Meredith, <laughs> if you could only play one video game, Mario Brothers and the Mario <laughs> franchise is a pretty terrific choice. Yeah. It's I, a pretty terrific yeah, choice. I have fond memories. But basically, it's kind of like you're on your level. You're killing the bad guys, getting stars, whatever, getting coins. Uh, Nailed it. That's it. <laughs> no. That's whoa, it. You just summarized. Whoa. Oh, whoa. No. Now, now you've summarized the full franchise. Just then, need a little bit of sound effect. Eventually, like you conquer the big bad guy. And when you do that, you go to the next level and then you're in a whole new world. And if you like die on that level, you don't start at the beginning of the game. You start at the beginning of that level. And so to me, a lot of life is that leveling up process, which is also this will eventually segue into what I do. But uh, that's also why I love entrepreneurship, because to me, it's a perfect vehicle for personal development mm. because you're continually faced with your own limitations and and have having the opportunity to overcome them yeah. okay so one other thing so overcoming your own internal ceiling but also this is like to me a massive concept for leadership and uh leadership whether that's of a company whether it's of a family whether it's just the next generation is it's massive to be a floor not a ceiling for other people yeah that is profoundly different than I have ever thought about the notions of floor and ceiling where in my considerations in the past, it's been related to competency around any particular skill or skill set. Right. Where like, yeah. uh, I think about it in the context of, um, coaching, for example, which is my life. Uh, and I think about like, well, has this person, where's this person's floor? What is this person's ceiling? in these different areas, sure. how do I help them elevate further and further and further uh, so they can become the best coach they possibly can be? Yeah. Uh, but to think about it in a way of being a floor, not a ceiling for other individuals, presumably for them to stand upon and yep. to grow out of rather than to be restricting yes. of them. I mean, I mean you no. hash it out yeah. tell, tell me more. But yeah, that's I mean, that's. I've never considered that. 
Yeah, no, I think it's massive because it's, well, I don't know where you're taking this thread, no, in the future, but back to the symbol line and the kings in the sky that have gone before, it's it's kind of like, in a way, standing on the shoulders of giants. Uh, Isaac Newton. <coughs> uh, <laughs> um, this is my favorite game of ping pong I've ever watched. <laughs> but, but also, it's kind of recognizing, like, whenever... Uh, leadership starts to go off often in my opinion it's where you you start to become a ceiling like if it's at the top of a company when it's all about the person at the top it's about them the smartest the best they become a ceiling of what's possible rather than if they're a floor people can continually take it further and then when you think about uh we don't get to choose what generation we're born into (laughs) when you let it's kind of like I think about it generationally. Like I, I, st- I didn't choose where I start, but it was kind of the passing of the, the baton, and I take it as far as I can go, and I pass that on. Um, but what happens is, it's almost like the so like think of the kids growing up right now, or like the children that will be born. Like they're going to grow up into a generation that we can't understand because time it's like rapidly accelerating. So if I begin to impose my perspectives on them then I'm a ceiling. Rather, I want to be a healthy foundation, providing healthy nutrients into the soil that internally equips them, but allows them to take things further than I could fathom. Because if I try to put my best notions on top of them, I'm going to completely limit them. Like, they got to be birds that can fly. But that's a big check to people's egos, individually, parents, leaders, etc. For sure. For sure. And I... Uh, there are about 18 things that yeah. you said, <laughs> but I'm self-restraint. No, I, well, don't let me stop you. No, Get into it. No, well... <sighs> man, we're already at 50 minutes. And I'm like, yeah, we've got half are we really? No, to. we're not. Yes, we are. And I wow. haven't introduced... <laughs> and this is going to be the longest. We're going to have two and a half hours Build of Meredith up. introducing herself. <laughs> and I'm might, here for every minute might of it. never stop, actually. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I hope, uh, uh, I hope you can carve out a monday recharge day as well because we're gonna gonna be letting her ride you it's it sounded like perhaps a thought had sprung in your mind uh but if not i can no go for (laughs) it it's it's half baked and yeah what is going on outside with the whistle Uh, (laughs) i would assume just a car alarm's going off what it like it like went off for a hot second and then it turned back on uh maybe maybe someone is is intentionally waiting until the person turns off the car alarm and then bump their car again <laughs> to reactivate the car alarm. Uh, it's, a, it's a real life yeah. IRL troll. Potentially. Uh, so I remember two of uh, two of the, I think, three threads that you plucked. One was... <laughs> there went again. <laughs> I know. Yeah. No, we, yep. Okay. Uh, one was the unborn... <laughs> the unborn <laughs> millions that I want to talk about. One was Blaise Pascal's theory of throneness and i can't remember the third one and so maybe that'll come to me while i'm talking about the other two and i'll just touch on briefly one uh the unborn millions you talked about setting up future generations for success by being their floor and you also mentioned one of my favorite quotes from isaac newton of if we see further it's not it's because we stand on the shoulders of giants i always think that's a great way to think about 
the past and their flaws and faults generally instead of condemning them for it. Yeah. It's just recognition that if we see further, it's because we stand on the shoulders of giants. And against that standard, and, and like that's how we would want our future generations to judge us because there are going to be things that we can't see. They're going to be abundantly clear to them. Yep. And we wouldn't want them to look back at us and be like, what idiots? <laughs> They're all, you know, terrible people. And it's like, well, yeah. just – Maybe we could set the precedent, have a little grace uh, for the people in the past, hoping that those in the future will have the same for us. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing. Uh, but in the unborn millions context, so George Washington, I can't remember before what battle it was. But he basically gave the speech to his troops that, like, what we're doing here isn't simply a fight for our freedom. We fight for the fate of the unborn millions. Yeah. That was the genesis of the revolution. Like those, the, one of the speeches that George Washington kind of uh, gave to inspire the troops. Now, that pulled forward to Abraham Lincoln on as he was trying to pass the 13th Amendment to free the slaves. He gave a very similar speech that said, this isn't simply an amendment to the Constitution. What we're doing here is fighting for the fate of the unborn millions. And so I've come to be this firm believer that if I can use as an anchor this idea that what I fight for is the fate of the unborn millions, yep. the people that come after me, my world, like, it's not my part to master their tides. What, what whether they shall have will be theirs. In the words of J.R.R. Tolkien, slightly mi like mixed. Uh, basically, it's not our part to master the tides of the world. Um, it is only up to us to do what what we can with the time given to us, what, whether they shall have, uh, is not ours to rule. Yep. So it's just like, like while I'm here, it's my part to, to till the earth I'm on this yep. clod of earth. I creep on to the best of my ability to make it as fertile as possible for the people that come after me so that they can have clean earth to till because I teed them up. And so that's kind of been a, an animating inspiration, I guess, for me recently is how do I – I've talked in the past about acting in service of the timeless. It's just a different way of saying the same thing. How do I use my time-bound body to serve the timeless? <laughs> how do I use this period within which I seem to have arbitrarily been thrown to play the role I'm supposed to play in this act of humanity? Um Go ahead. Yeah. Can I jump in? You may. I only have one <laughs> other. Like, I just want to go. Actually, yeah. it won't take long. That Blaise Pascal and this idea of thrownness. So you had mentioned about we are, uh, oh, and this actually could go. <laughs> we could talk about the, the um, float tank experience in this the latest one I had of feeling as if, I think I told you this is if I was in a river of time flowing through the cosmos yeah. running with the stars that you mentioned it, mm. but we haven't talked about it. Yeah. So it's, I think it's related to the idea of the first one I had about being and you know, this, I brought this up with somebody Suze. Suze. being called forth from the abyss. Like, cause it was, you know, you said send them up and then, you know, mm -hmm. I think it's the same thing. And so if I 
weave those two things together. Is the abyss the womb? No, the abyss <laughs> is the oasis. <laughs> the abyss <laughs> is the boundless oasis. Yeah. That is the rep- that rep- representative of everybody that has come and will come. And yeah. So it's infinite. And it's like together, in my mind, if, again, for lack of a better way of describing it, the infinite oasis to me represents God. It's the collective consciousness that is our origin from which we are all drawn from and dissolve into. Yeah, so if you're roommates and you're sent forth, where exactly. do you're sent? Want the womb be that or not? It could, <laughs> it could but then we would... I mean, y- yes. Your ping-pong eyes. Yeah, if, you could, <laughs> if you could see I'm Connor. Here for it. In, a, in, a, in, a, in a way, but I would describe it more as the body than the womb specifically. Sure, yeah, the yeah the as like the womb being a a more enclosed part of that sure so maybe it would be like a particular part of the oasis a compartment that you swirl in yeah um anyway so in this in this like river of time it's it's as if uh somebody plucks us from that stream and throws us into a random age in history and so Blaise Pascal talks about uh, basically all of this angst. Uh, there's a lot of angst, not all of it, but most of our existential angst comes from this idea that why are we here? Why now? Why not in a previous age? And he talks about this idea of like, he's like, I'm in an age that, and there are ages I know not and ages that know not me here for a purpose I know not. That's yeah. different than the purpose I would have had if I would have like basically like chases his tail and he's like, it, this is so arbitrary and like indifference of the universe. But then ultimately the antidote to that comes back to, yeah, there is a sort of indifference in nature and all of these things. But what you do have to choose is how you live and how you live is how your life is formed. And then uh, it's not up to you to kind of determine what age you're thrown into. It's just up to you to do the most with it. Yeah. No, and I think that's actually that's the thing I think we talked about before that you brought up that one oh the Goggins thing, but it's yeah. the like I didn't get to choose the family I was born into, the time in history Joseph that Epstein. I live in. Oh yeah. Oh that's that's what I was thinking of. Okay, yeah. yeah. I don't get to choose the family I was born into, the time in history, my innate gifts or abilities, mm. but I get to choose what to do with that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so it's about taking ownership of stewarding your garden, like caring for it, intending it. And and then your inner culture, your external, however you tend your garden, like it flows out from you and it impacts people around you. Yep. Yeah. I, the. Um, yeah. There's so many things to talk about. <laughs> the thing <laughs> before you said it, it it went in different directions but i'm trying to remember the thread right before this thread because it prompted something that was actually a good segue back to <laughs> where we were originally that's going. the hardest part of this podcast yeah <laughs> i do i do remember that threads. because you wanted yeah. you was gonna yeah it was gonna segue into i believe the Waymaker program oh uh, not quite there yet <laughs> more <laughs> the intro of myself that oh yeah are. what was yeah. that it was something about the generations and generational trauma no, it was you. You quoted something about George Washington. Unborn millions. Yeah, the unborn millions. The oh, that you're doing some. Okay, that's. Thank you. That's where I want to go. <laughs> nice. um, there's some <laughs> random. Okay, and there's also some 
like random Coldplay song that's like every teardrop is a waterfall. Yep. And there's like this line about I don't want to be a. I want to, I don't want to, I want to be a comma, not a full stop for the generations. I don't know. I'm butchering it right now, but there's a really like epic random line in that. Google uh, That Connor can find. Yeah. <laughs> this is exciting. I'm like, uh, I'm like Jamie. <laughs> on the Rogan I'm like, podcast. I'm like ro- no, I'm but like I love that. The Jamie. idea of being. Uh, a comma, not a full stop. Yeah. It's something like that. Um, well, yeah, well, but anyway, it made me, cause you a while back, cause you asked before I share what I do now how, that I was in therapy in therapy yeah uh meaning a therapist uh (laughs) no but i think even even thinking what got me into so i am a marriage and family therapist like a licensed therapist um (laughs) (laughs) i'm just looking at connor learning new things (laughs) no but i think even when i think about it but i don't want to stop her when i think about oh you found it i did okay go ahead never mind okay we're ready okay yeah Uh, don't want to see another generation drop. I'd rather be a comma than a full stop. So you're yeah, right on it. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to see another generation drop. I want to be a comma rather than a full stop. Wait a minute. What is that? Why would a Why would a full stop cause a drop? I think it's like I guess I've never thought too deeply about it and maybe there's more in the context of the song, but there's something about for me rather than it all being about yourself like and there be a period like being a comma of preparing things for the next mm. generation okay and that doesn't mean that's what it means but that's just how i was thinking about it yeah i guess i guess maybe and it's the con and maybe I'm and thinking uh, ahead I, on what yeah i'm definitely them. thinking about this too much but it's <laughs> like the loss of momentum that comes with a period yeah yeah and not having foresight yeah. like to me the unborn millions it's like yeah. that like you're you're thinking you're not just doing what's best for you and yourself you're thinking about being a comma rather than what's best for your own life yeah this isn't the end like what i'm what i'm doing is not the end this is just yeah so to tie that in uh, when you were sharing this so this goes back a few things but it made me think i i can remember being in high school and at some point having like the thought like even about (laughs) it's weird to think that i was thinking about this stuff then but just about thinking, seeing family patterns and relationships that I would see of people and be like, I want to be a person in my family line that this stuff doesn't pass through. And that's mm. something that I've always thought is really cool. So why I love... <laughs> well, all I'm saying is that's interesting <laughs> because in certain it seems that we may we must both be a comma in some instances and a period in others Ooh. <laughs> because yeah. in the and the things we don't want to pass through us we put a stop that's to that. good and so maybe it's not mm. that we're one or the other yep it's, it's both and. we are a comma in some things and a period in others for the things we don't want to continue after us i love and it pass through and pass along like the co- coastal shelf it deepens man hands on misery to man that is where we put the full stop. We don't hand yeah. our misery on to the next generation. You get to yeah. That's that's something that's always been fascinating to me is in like in the realm of so why I went into that field uh, versus like there's a lot of different ways you can become a counselor like a licensed psychologist, a licensed clinical social worker. Th- there's a bunch of different 
uh, ways of studying that you can end up doing the same job, basically. But why I went into marriage and family therapy as like a young single person, which that felt overwhelming, <laughs> was I, <laughs> I can imagine that. Yeah, I, yeah. I want to be trained in this lens because the field of marriage and family therapy is based on systems theory, where a lot of the others are based on the medical model in general, which is find the problem in a person, diagnose it and fix it. And the field of marriage and family therapy is based on systems theory, which is in many different fields. And it looks at the person in the context of their relationships. And it looks at intergenerational transmission, like what gets passed through yeah. generations. Yeah. So to me, it's always been a fascinating thing of, of that you get to be the gatekeeper for the next generation. Like you get to choose what what comes in and what doesn't. And generation or patterns will always repeat themselves in the next generation unless someone makes an intentional choice to do something different mm. there's there's this thing called genograms have you ever heard of this before uh not to where i have a firm understanding of <laughs> not that you could is. define it no. <laughs> yeah it's like it's like a tool that marriage and family therapists would use specifically and it's kind of like a way to map out a person's family so it's kind of similar to a family tree except you use symbols uh and you can like mom dad like circle square you put a line between them and then you can do the kids and then there's all these lines like uh, what kind of relationships they've had or you can put divorce lines you can put different symbols mm. like alcoholism mm -hmm, and basically mm -hmm, mm -hmm. just see a picture generations back and what's fascinating is rant the most random patterns like the firstborn male of every generation cuts off from the family. Like it just repeats itself again and again, like the craziest things. Fascinating. Like if you just look at those maps. But the thing is, uh, p negative patterns will always repeat themselves unless someone chooses to go a new way. Yeah, yeah. And, th and that's where it's like the generational rivulet that you get stuck <laughs> in, right? The groove gets deeper and deeper and harder to jump yeah. out of and requires harder and harder work. Uh, and I think we've talked in the past about like my f uh, on my dad's side, it was alcoholism. And so as a result, my dad didn't drink a sip of alcohol yeah. until he was like 50. Now he has like a glass of wine randomly and he hates it. <laughs> but uh, I never like, knew that about your dad. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's a large reason. Like it's why it bothered him. I got in trouble uh, for underage drinking when i was a freshman in college and that's why it was so upsetting to him is because they were so worried that i was going to revive the curse yeah that he worked so hard to break and i didn't realize that until this year like why it bothered him so much right but it's just as as hmm. we've had those deeper and deeper conversations of just like coming from the context of i don't like this past year is like for whatever reason, it was the time period where I finally was able to interact with my parents as human beings with flaws and yeah. faults, whereas previously all the interactions had strictly been parent-son relationship, Yep. Uh, where I was not allowed to see their vulnerabilities, and it's deepened our relationship for sure. I would believe that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So uh, personally, anecdotally speaking, that's really interesting to hear and Meredith I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on if and how at all this ties into more of your expertise uh, is it's not unlike your dad 
I abstained from alcohol until not a, I'm I'm not fifty, uh, yeah. but <laughs> until I was uh, twenty one, uh, had my it was my senior year of college that I had my first mm. consumption of any alcohol, and once have I think felt the influence of alcohol, and it was New Year's at my home with my family and with all of my closest friends, uh, and the primary motivator behind that decision to to not drink alcohol and now to i mean i the last time i had alcohol was that new year's which was now you know four or five years ago uh the the motivator behind that was my family's history of alcoholism Uh, my father and my grandfather uh and i've seen what it did to uh to our family and heard to people that i not close with, but generationally, you you yeah. follow it back, and so initially my decision was complete abstinence from alcohol, mm-hmm. uh, and then my perspective changed as I grew older and I matured to one where I felt that if I abstained completely from alcohol, that in a weird way it is still giving the substance power power over my life yeah. that. It wouldn't have if I were able and chose to occasionally indulge, if yeah. that's the word, yeah. right? Uh, and, I mean, I've not – I haven't touched it since. I live a very happy life. I think at this point I've carved out, you know, a lifestyle where I am not concerned about the potential stressors of those past generational influences. Uh, but certainly I'm, I'm aware of it where I maybe – you know, genetically more predisposed for mm. alcoholism. Uh, and so I suppose the question is, like, is there amongst those patterns that yeah. you see repeated within, would you say the genealogy? Is that what you called it? The genogram. 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 I just, just love throwing syllables together, I suppose. <laughs> uh, within the genograms, like, are amongst the decisions that can be made to stop those repeating whatever they are for better or for worse uh what are those that are that are made and what seem to be more successful than not like is is what what i did traditional is that untraditional is that effective is that ineffective is it what have you yeah i want to take this in a slight a connected but slightly different angle to answer that but it makes me think of one of my favorite concepts in life or like frameworks for life that is really useful is that there's a path of life and a ditch on either side Mm. and people Mm. tend to go into one ditch or the other so sometimes which connects to your endless river of your whatever you yep 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 this Um, is the reason i did that is because (laughs) i after you talked about this i'm gonna let you finish your thought i'm sorry uh forgive you but you know how much i love a good myth and it I have the perfect myth for this, so but continue. Okay, so this to me applies to endless things in life, but basically, yeah, there's a path of life, a ditch on e- either side. And so just to relate, there's a lot of other things about this, but to relate it to that, sometimes we see a ditch, like, oh, alcoholism, that's a ditch, and I don't want to do that, so then people tend to go to the other mm, extreme, they, yeah. and they're still in a ditch. So I think that's the thing what you're saying or um, like 
like AA, for example, Alcoholics Anonymous, which I think in general is really useful and life-changing for a lot of people. But for the people that it doesn't tend to work for, one of the often reasons why is because they feel like their life is still defined by alcoholism. Right. So like 20 years later, they're saying they're an alcoholic and they haven't had alcohol. It's like their life is still defined by alcohol, just not drinking it. Right. Right. So, yeah. And to me, true freedom is true freedom in in an area is that no matter what, I can. I just have to say, I can hear Noah peeing right now. <laughs> <laughs> Noah got up to use the restroom, and unfortunately, my studio apartment uh, can only conceal so much sound. You know what the best part is? That not only do we hear him, but I'm sure he can hear us having this conversation right now. He's probably got a big old grin on his face. He walk back over and pick up his mic. He goes, "I'm never going to the bathroom ever again during the no. podcast." I don't mind it. I just had to name it just in case anyone else could hear it too. <laughs> <laughs> Next time, he's bringing the mic in with him <laughs> to the bathroom. <laughs> no, I ha- did you hear us? Uh, kind of. I heard oh, you talking. no, he didn't. Okay. Oh, <laughs> he's gonna be a treat no. when you don't tell him <laughs> when he listens back to it. Yeah, maybe. I just had to name that I could hear you <laughs> peeing because. Oh. Yeah, no, she, <laughs> no. she, she, she. We declared that we heard you peeing. Yeah, oh. it didn't. So now bo- everyone knows that at this point me. in the podcast, you got up <laughs> and you. I did. In fact, this orange sickle stuff. One gives me the burps. Yeah. I've oh been yeah. Burping into this mic all <laughs> night. And two, I have been downing it. Dude, yeah. it shoots right through you too. Yeah. Something about something about these. Can I? Uh, is it myth time? No. Almost. <laughs> no. Okay. Maybe. Continue. I don't know. <laughs> no. Uh, close. Okay. Close. I got it. Five more I'm minutes. Let it go. Um. Yeah, we were talking about. <laughs> I got in my mind. Got interrupted by <laughs> ditches on either side. Yeah, yeah, by the flow. And then uh, the flow. <laughs> oh, you were knocked. You were knocked. Jupiter. You were knocked out of flow by flow. By, uh, exactly. So uh, you were you were talking about uh, <laughs> Alcoholics Anonymous. And yes, for the people it doesn't work for, it's because often their life is still revolves around the negative. So it's about your life being about what it's for, not what it's not. Like if I say, don't picture a monkey right now, quit picturing a monkey. Right. You can't All help you can think but about picture. Like don't be an alcoholic. Don't be an alcoholic. Your life is still defined by alcoholism. Mm. Uh, so true freedom is kind of like whatever external circumstances come your way that you can still stand in who you are and not kind of be pulled into something else. Sure. Mm. Talk about the post. Between like there, you are a, Post from heaven to hell. <laughs> you got it. Oh, a better word. Okay. Well, we've got to get a video camera for next time. I thought no, it was the YMCA. I, I, there's, that was yeah. fantastic. You yeah. know what I'm talking about? We don't. Yeah. Have no. Right no. This it just ties a lot of different things together. But with this path of life, I can picture that kind of like a stream that you're flowing forward. I can also picture it like a vertical line. Yeah. So if it's a vertical line. I'm picturing how do I be plumb lined, uh, like, or how do I be, which I don't know a ton about, well, hardly anything about building buildings, but the plumb line is what keeps something, the integrity, it keeps it level. Um, but basically if I think about this, like if you're going to a difficult situation or like into some family situation or something that used to throw you off, I would think about how do I stand in the truth of who I am rather than get pulled into a ditch on either side or react. Uh, But with that, it's 
I think what you're alluding to, I can't remember the context of when we talked about this, but it's like, it's like being anchored in heaven and earth. Why don't you bring up what? Yeah. Well, no, I just love that idea. But uh, we often talk about stoicism and I don't want to miss this opportunity to introduce it into this podcast. Yep. Marcus Aurelius being one of my three inner council members um, and meditations being one of my anchor books. Uh, he's got a line in there that talks about I he has this really fantastic way of picking a particular thing in nature and observing it and how he wants to be like that thing. So I've started to implement that in my own life, whether it's to be like the tree strong and sturdy. Yep. But anyway, one of the ones he uses that I love is to be like the rock who is unmoved by the waves crashing upon it. I've heard it like, and so that's how he introduced it. I heard a really fascinating nuance by this guy named Darren Brown, who's a modern magician, but he's actually (laughs) brilliant. Uh, And he talked about like, perhaps we should not simply be the rock who keeps the waves at bay. Perhaps we should be a rock that has holes in it so that we allow the water to pass through us. Cause there are certain things that we need to allow to pass through us. So instead of, stealing ourselves against any and all emotion or passion or yep. anything like that to live a dull life. We still want to feel those things, but just let them pass through us. Yeah. So this goes back to the path of life ditch on either side, actually just for the Waymaker program, which I'll talk about in a second. Yep. I just did a lesson on this last week on the difference between dualistic thinking versus non-dualistic thinking, like how to have both and thinking rather than either or thinking and the path of life and ditch on either side and mm-hmm. like and the concept of divine tensions which is holding both and rather than either or so like the masculine and the feminine uh truth and love not either or um on the yeah. on the the i don't remember what you called it i always called it uh binary thinking you called yeah, something yeah. else a uh, dualistic thinking yeah. or binary thinking yep my favorite question when I get in that stuck in that mode yeah. is to ask why not both. Yeah, that's excellent. To like put it on a spectrum of like it's not this or Either that. Or. It's yep. why not both yes. in uh in in uh, moderation. Yeah. So like you've heard me share this before as well, but this is probably something I say like 10 times a day, but all of our strengths become a weakness without a healthy boundary to protect them. Mm-hmm. So like a fire ripping through a home is destructive. That doesn't mean fire is bad. That same fire within the confines of the fireplace produces warmth for the home. It creates a cozy atmosphere. So it's typically about where it's not something that's what's wrong with us. It's where does our strength go out of bounds into a weakness mm. and where does it need that healthy mm. guardrail? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So all we all have ditch tendencies so like one ditch side could be arrogance so someone thinking too highly of themselves uh the other ditch is false humility which is actually an inverse form of pride like one is prideful and arrogant the other is who am i to think that anything special about me do you know what john line i'm gonna say i do (laughs) (laughs) you say it uh i i don't know that i remember it word for word for me for me to fake humble is a corny way to be arrogant there it is is the what way to be arrogant? Corny way. To yeah, be it yeah. is. Me, yeah. Because it's who are you to think that everyone else is special but you? What makes you so special that you're the only person not special? So, like, 
there's a ditch on either side. I always think of this concept. Uh, it's kind of like this scripture that's in a bunch of different places where it says, raise up the valleys, make low the mountains, and straight the paths. It's kind of like some people have mountain areas that need to be brought low. Other people have valley areas that need to be, be brought up. <laughs> yeah, there's, like, again, 18,000 things. In Green Lights, Matthew McConaughey talks about this idea of... Is that his new book? Yes. Okay. He talks about this idea of there were certain things he was holding in reverence that he needed to bring down to eye level and thir- yes. certain things he was looking down on that all needed to be brought to eye level. Yes. Uh, and so I never really knew what he meant by that, but that makes yes. sense. There's something... Well, if you think about what was your language of being a... Uh, taking what's eternal or what's timeless mm-hmm. and uh serving what? the timeless in a time-bound body yeah or like yeah that was that what was it about that i forgot the connection but there's something about um so, oh yeah some i think because again we're stuck in a certain culture a time in history we grew up with like family baggage everyone does uniquely and we don't understand how limited our perspective is, how small it is compared to the expanse of everything. And so I think th- there's a lot of times things that we over-prioritize or overvalue that aren't that valuable or n- not that important. And there's other things that are extremely valuable that we often don't see as valuable. Mm-hmm. So that, I don't know, I thought of that when you talked about the Matthew. Well, and yes, uh, and that's why I love technological advances doing things like this podcast of like one of the things we often ask is you know what contribution would you offer to your future child were you not able to deliver it in person so this vehicle allows our words to ripple even further than they might yeah like who knows how far what we say into this microphone will reach into the future yeah. um, and that's like an unbelievable possibility but that's like if some drops fall in the ocean and go away and others other ripples turn to waves like the the words we say here may turn into waves um and i just love that idea uh i um on i love i always love when she talks about the the ditch stuff and then you talk about it's always what you say after that that and i can never remember the exact words it always escapes me it's like sand in my hand just Mm. falling through um, cause it always reminds me of Aristotle's every virtue taken to extreme is an yeah. advice is a vice. The golden mean. Yeah. But after I just, I want you to, I want to try to make you say it again because I love it so much. <laughs> cause after you're talking about the ditch stuff, you talk about how everything, if unchecked, it's not the word you used. Like the things without we, the healthy boundary. Yeah. The, uh, without a boundary. Maybe that's the word you use. Mm-hmm. That is what sh- I believe. You thing? did, you did, okay. and I loved it. I loved every second of it because I, I like have been trying to think of wh- that language for like three weeks, and can't. But yeah. you said it again, I, and I, I just lost it immediately. <laughs> I think it was uh, every strength will become a weakness without. Is it that our strengths become set? a weakness without the healthy? Boundary, yeah, I'll just have to go back something? and listen to the podcast like eighteen times. Is that the thing though, or is it something else? It was. It was related. It was like in in and around that statement. Yeah. But is it myth time? No. Can be, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, because yeah. I, I was, I've been fascinated by that idea of like, 
and I think I've mentioned it in passing on the podcast because I always struggle with the words for this thing, but feeling like all of life is lived between two extremes. Yeah. Um, and like this toggle and tension between those two things. And it's really hard because you feel the pull of those two things. Yes. And sometimes it feels as if they're pulling you apart. Um, but uh, in ancient Greek mythology, you have Odysseus and the book is the Odyssey. Homer wrote the Odyssey. Yeah. And if you remember, I don't know if you ever had to read that. Yeah. But there's Scylla and Charybdis. Right. And so they're the two sea monsters that are set apart from each other, both of whom will destroy you. Yeah. You do not thread the needle. Right. So yes. one, you would crash on its rocks and one, you'd be swallowed by the whirlpool. If you go too far in either direction, yes. it spells destruction. And so the only way for safe passage is to thread that needle and not go too far on either extreme. Oh, it's the path of life ditch on either side. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Scylla and Charybdis are yes. the ditches on either side that if we overcorrect, we go into the arms of destruction mm -hmm. on the other side. And so I just, I, I just, it, I always love when the tales that myths tell and have been telling um, are still with us today with new language. Yeah. And so as I've thought about it more and more in terms of like what I want to do at its broadest, like what I hope to do with, cause I, I like, I really, really want to be like, I really want to write a book one day. Um, and I've started writing a bunch of stuff, but anyway, that what I long to do is to tell old truths in new ways. I think of it in a way of, uh, so Nietzsche pronounced that we, he, when he announced that God was dead, um, he like did that in a way that he was sad about it because he thought that it meant that a complete destruction of the support system and, and, and a way of thinking about life was going to cause people to run into the extremes of ideology, which they did in uh, Germany, Nazi Germany, and then Soviet Russia. And so the elimination of God from the, the individual caused them to run to ideology and, you know, eventually led to the massacre of millions of people. Anyway. Uh, and then I think about some of my favorite, like Jung, for instance, Carl Jung. I think what he, what he was after, what he was actually doing was he was resurrecting the gods in terms of the things he was doing in the un, like the collective unconsciousness is he was trying to resurrect the metaphorical truths from those stories, revive them because what happened with the death of God that Nietzsche pronounced is that we threw the baby out with the bathwater. This gets down a really long thread, but what happened was because people didn't want to take the Bible to be literally true. They believed that it no longer hold held any truths metaphorical yeah. or otherwise. And so the entire thing was thrown out. And so what Jung tried to do was rescue those metaphorical truths that provided the foundation for living. And so when I think about it in the context of my own life, it's like I want to rescue those metaphorical truths that existed in the past and need to be brought forward and updated. I see myself as having a role to play in that domain. Maybe not, but I'm sure shit going to try. <laughs> Who are we to stop you? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. No, that's, that's why I love myths. I love yeah. them. No, I, the Odysseus one, I think that's such, it's such a good picture. Like, yeah, again, there's a path of life and a ditch on either side. And one of the 
frameworks that I teach about and what I do now is because I always love how truths come in so many different disciplines yeah. and people talk about things and using different words but when you really boil it down you're capturing something so uh, I'm like wanting to say five things at once so well first there's this one concept um, like healthy parenting in healthy parenting you have a combination of both high warmth and high structure and expectations so if a parent has full of high expectations and structure but there's no warmth or nurture it's not helpful for kids mm. alternatively if they're all nurturing and loving loving but there's no structure no clear expectations it's also harmful for kids it's the both and rather than either or sure that's true also in leadership or managing teams and people like obviously in business you have bottom lines and there needs to be expectations but if people don't feel supported they're eventually going to leave uh but then so i work with a lot of high performing people and i think this is massive in self-leadership Mm. or the way that we care for ourselves is mo at least most people that I work with don't struggle with having high expectations of themselves, but they massively struggle with high warmth towards themselves. So it's really about balancing that both and of you can have, uh, you can only get so far by cracking the whip on yourself and then eventually you hit a ceiling. And so it's really how do you turn the knob on that warmth? That's also kind of that, uh, it's not going into the ditch on either side. Otherwise, if you get stuck on a ditch, I also see the path of life is like a river. If you're stuck on the shores of the bank on one side or the other, you can't go anywhere. When you go in the middle, you're actually able to flow forward in mm. time, in movement. You're able to move forward. Um, you're able to access flow states, like flow state is in that same, it's a tension in both of those places you sure. need both and either or like if you have extreme masculine energy without guardrails on it it's going to be damaging if you have extreme feminine energy without guardrails it's going to be damaging you mm. you need both you need the it's it's in the middle or even like religion well christianity for example one ditch would be legalism that's like following the letter of the law and it's all about do being a perfect person and doing everything right the other is license, which is freedom to do anything. Uh, and really, it's to me, the, the simplification is it's truth and love. Love without truth is a ditch. Truth without love is a ditch. It's in that holding that tension in the middle. Yeah, mm. and, that's, and that's what's – and when I talk about the, the – the, did you call it div divine – Divine te tensions. Divine tensions. Yeah. It's the yin and yang, right? It's, yeah. It's that – exists it feels like in everything that everything is stuck between two tensions yep um, both which serve a purpose and so that's where life gets so hard and you get so restless is because you're it constantly feels like you are being pulled one direction or another and can never find that exact precise balance um yeah and when you okay so just to tie this in so let me just share what I do. <laughs> and we got there. If, and <laughs> intro. An hour and a half. I know. If anyone's still listening and they're oh, like, they are. can you just I like. I am at least. They are. Yeah. <laughs> future, future Noah that listens like, to could us. You just I hear you. I see you, buddy. Close that thread. We're here for you. <laughs> uh, no, but basically I have a business called Scaling Within, which is all about expanding your internal capacity to sustain external growth. So. Uh, have been a therapist and about four years ago I closed my private practice and shifted into 
the marketplace, which I had no, growing up, I had no natural interest in business. Uh, but what really shifted for me was thinking, whether it's the head of a family, a business, an organization, the issues at the top always flow down, good or bad. So if you can have yeah, kind of healthy, yeah. wholehearted people at the top of systems, it automatically flows into healthier cultures. And so without really having the language at the time, in a way, it's a way to scale my impact. Uh, you know, like when, when you have someone at the top of a system when when they're able to be healthy and plumb lined <laughs> then that automatically flows into whoever not only the people that work for them but also who's ever receiving of the product or service and then the other layer to this was feeling like we were really entering what i would consider a transition of eras which now in 2020 is like super abundantly clear but the time where in years future you'll look in the history books and be like the world was this way and now it's a different way. It's like, I, I really think of our generation as being this hinge generation, a hinge in history. It's like what used to be and what, what, what are those giggles, <laughs> Connor? Uh, <laughs> I'm giggling because, yeah, and just like that, hinge finds oh. its way into yet another episode of the podcast. Yeah, yeah I've heard you, <laughs> but in a different way. Very, di very <laughs> different hinge. No, but I, I love, I, I actually have come to believe that very much now too is it feels like I, I don't know that hinge is the word i would use but i think i know what you're after and to me it's like we represent the fork in the road it's that could take the point. world in 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 one of two ways in into a path of uh betterment or a path of destruction uh very quickly in it but it feels like we are that fork our generation um, yeah and this is where and this is i was thinking about it the concept of scaling within and the con something that we've talked about in the past, I brought up with Josh when we were talking about Winston Churchill had this essay where he wrote about the in like how rapidly technology is increasing, yep. which results in basically increasing the amount of power wielded by any given individual until eventually random folks will have the ability to destruct massive amounts of people with the click of a button uh whether that's through like technological warfare or like whatever it is it doesn't matter yeah. and so as technology continues to accelerate if our own internal processes don't accelerate yep. or scale at the same to keep pace with those things we're running into an inevitable path of destruction yeah. Like if our internal capacities and depths don't scale at the same pace of technology, we're going to it's not going to be a good place. Yeah. So I hadn't thought about it as dire as that, but <laughs> <laughs> in in general, like that is the essence of scaling within. So in terms of businesses, most people's goal is to scale their impact, scale yeah. their revenue, yeah. whatever. But I don't think you can scale externally well without expanding your internal capacity because again eventually you hit a ceiling and so when we talk about the transition of eras we're at a point now where almost every area of society is hitting a ceiling yeah. like the way that it's been going isn't the way it will be going forward yeah. you know like education system government all these different things are hitting a ceiling where how it has been it's being squeezed right now yeah. all these different systems and so basically when you're in a time period like that and there's a lot of like not knowing what things are going to look like, uh, 
that to me is the time for pioneering. It's the it's like you said, it's the it's the time for leadership that can shift the course, good or bad. Mm. Uh, so really, that was my heart behind forming this was my heart language for it is council to kings, like modern day people of influence that people that have a vision to bring something to the world to help it in some way that when you're pioneering something, you're the tip of the spear, like you're you're doing something that's never been done because whenever there's new problems in the world, there's the need for new solutions. So because we're shifting so quickly, there's a need for new ways of doing things or ancient ways re-brought up in an updated way or whatever the case. So really, and this will lead into the Waymaker program thing I'm talking about in a second, but when you're pioneering something new, it's like taking a machete to a jungle. It's like you're the one on the cutting edge. You're blazing a trail. You're the one catching all the flack. Uh, but you're creating a path for those behind you. Yeah. It's, c- it's kind of like the George Washington thing you said. Yeah, two but things. Yeah. Well, three things. Um, one, this is – I, like, can't overstate how important I think what you're doing is. It's like it to me. It's so much. It is so. It's so. It's a matter of life and death. I'm just gonna say, it. I think it is so much bigger than simply helping high achieving people uh, uh, operate more efficiently. It's yep. so much bigger than that because the work you're doing, in my opinion, is setting forces in motion for the world to op like to to go on the good trajectory, like more so than you even know. And so it's like, I, I can't overstate that. So it's like, I made it sound dire, but I think like, <laughs> also you're not giving yourself enough credit. Like you're saving the world. Like that's what you're doing on your, like your own individual level. Yeah. Um, I got a little fired up there. <laughs> I, I would argue if there's anything to get fired up about saving the world is a pretty good choice. <laughs> it's uh, a pretty good choice. But it caused me to drop the other things I wanted to talk about. Uh, what had you, oh um something about being oh okay you got it i yeah i do i mentioned this in jest uh one time when you talked about pioneering yeah and i said um the first one through the door gets shot yeah i still think it's true but the best part about it is i think all that is is a call and this is going to tie about a call to run to the roar to be the person that that runs that that chases the lion the benaya that chases the lion a person that's strong enough to take that bullet and continue going on knowing that you're creating that path for people that come after you for the unborn millions and i even yeah. think about it in the context of all this of civil yeah. rights movement i don't even i don't remember the guy's name all i know is that he was, it was one single white guy on a on a bus otherwise full of black people and the bus stopped, and they knew what waited for them outside that bus. It was an angry mob. And the white guy volunteered to get off the bus first and take the beating so that the people on the bus could get out safely behind it. And it's like, to me, that is the, like, that is the embodiment of courage. Yeah. And it's like, how, how, do I, how do I attempt to live with a shred of that courage knowing how do I take the bullet for the unborn millions? Yeah. Okay, so hmm. – this this ties to when I was talking earlier about some time at high school and w- wanting to s- be 
like a transitional character in the generations it, it to me ties when i saw watch braveheart years ago and it was like that i would if i never got what i wanted in my lifetime like i it's to me completely worth laying down my life to see that patterns don't pass on yeah or like to see the shift in the trajectory it, it's it's worth it and then just to add this in like growing up i never liked violent movies like or war scenes i just want to fast forward to the relational parts <laughs> uh but around like <laughs> shocker no but like five or six years ago i i noticed a shift and it was probably when i watched braveheart after i'd seen it like when i was a kid or something and hadn't watched it till about five or six years ago and then i'm like love nordic cultures and then watch the show vikings on the history channel vikings uh and super super violent uh which i'm not i don't condone violence uh <laughs> but metaphorically what i loved about it was the fearlessness of the vikings mm -hmm. like that they would literally jump off the ships unfazed and rip the heads off their enemies and okay and I'll, i mean this completely metaphorically uh <laughs> uh just to clarify uh but <laughs> Like when you think of your enemies, whatever those are, like especially when it comes to mental health or like limiting mindsets, limiting beliefs, fears, insecurities, to face those, like to be completely fearless of death and rip the heads off the enemies that impact you or people around you. Like to me, there's something massive about stepping into that, uh, that place. Yeah. And that, it, that ties into the being the pioneer. It's like it's worth it to to face it dead on and, yeah. and clear away yeah and that's i mean that's that's the heart of what i what we get at when we say to act in service of the timeless because yeah. i think that's i can't remember if we talked about this but that's what's so inspiring to me about abraham lincoln and marcus aurelius uh not solomon maybe he's not as much but abraham lincoln particularly is like he wasn't that well liked during his time but he had the courage and conviction to think that what he was doing was going like history would prove him right. Yeah. And so he, he knew he wasn't going to live to see the fruits of his labors and he did it anyway. Like that yeah. takes courage. And I just, you don't see that. I don't want to talk about politics, but you just, you don't, it's such a rare attribute nowadays in leader leadership positions across the board to see somebody and i'm guilty of this too like wanting wanting likes on instagram or like wanting some sort of validation uh in my own yeah. life um and not being willing and maybe, maybe that's a little too harsh but like not doing things enough that i know should be done regardless of if anybody claps for it yeah mm. so uh, just to tie this to this like way maker pioneer thing or like really the target of what i'm going for is these people that are you know pioneering a new path and when i also picture this i always draw a lot of pictures on a whiteboard nice. usually of uh, mountains or triangles all the time but if you also think of scaling as like scaling a mountain scaling a mountain of your potential influence or impact or like the leveling up continually um there's a lot of people at the base of a mountain not a lot of people that make the trek up and it's not even that it's good or bad but not as many people go for it 
And so the further up your mountain of influence or impact you go, the air is thinner. There's not as many people up there. And there's also this thing of like going through the journey of how your actions impact others. So like you can't be friends with everybody, but how do you make that transition gracefully? Like a king can't be friends with everybody, but they're what they decide impacts many people. And so how do you actually have that? So I think of this concept of you have to look across peaks. You have to look across mountains because when you're a leader uh, impacting a lot of people, you're, what you do is impacting everybody, but you have to have a place to be poured into and you have to be able to look across peaks at other. So have you seen Lord of the Rings? Yeah, but it's, it's been a while. I don't yeah. know why, but do you, the, the part where they light the fires on top of the mountains yeah. as a signal across to be sent across the land. Yeah. I don't know what you're just saying. Just like reminded me of that, of like when in the movies, if you've seen the movies where they like have to climb to the top of the mountain yep. to light the torch. And then that's how they know a signal is like, that's, that's how they get their message across. Anyway, no, I don't know why. But no, that. Yeah, no, it's it's just making me think of things that. <laughs> what, well, have no. you heard the saying? So you mentioned about uh, there's a lot of people kind of concentrated at the bottom of the mountain, and yeah, it's thin out as the air thins uh, as you get higher in the mountain. That's why you guys aren't having luck on Hinge. <laughs> why? Because you're higher up on the mountain. Ah, so you know. that's my favorite reason so far. That oh. <laughs> That's not true. Uh, oh. the, um, uh, maybe for you. Sweet, well, sweet Connor. Not, uh, Is that, I can't call you sweet Connor. That doesn't. <laughs> that's like taking your. You can. I'm going to come up with a new, a different thing. Kind so, Connor. Ca- no. mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll come up with something. Yeah. Let me know. I'll put it on my Hinge profile. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, one of my, f- I don't know why in Connor, uh, you'll like this. My, one of my favorite ways to think about it is uh, uh, everybody wants to eat, but few will hunt. Yeah. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but few are willing to die. And so there's this idea that, like, everybody wants to be successful. Everybody wants to their family to eat. Everybody wants to do something that is meaningful, but few people are willing to do the work or face the – like, face the – dragon yeah. essentially i mean everybody wants the gold nobody wants to face the dragon i guess is the more mythological way of putting it um and i think that i mean that applies to scaling yeah. down no that it makes me think of week one of the Waymaker program <laughs> which are core values of a Waymaker. hey i don't did i tell you this <laughs> that i joined the waitlist oh nice no yeah. cool air five score so okay <laughs> let me just i gotta <laughs> just get this over <laughs> <laughs> I need to close this tab. Get it out. For <laughs> uh, this tab's been over for a while. No, but uh, okay. Probably froze so a couple scaling times. within uh, what I do, I work one-on-one with business leaders. So it's kind of like a hybrid between counseling and, and executive coaching. So I don't have a good word for this yet, but obviously I'm a proponent of therapy, but not all therapists understand like uh, entrepreneurship or high performance type of world. And then you can have great business executive coaches but they don't always understand the underlying things that hold things back so oh yeah my specialty before was complex trauma and ptsd that's what it was and uh and all sorts of crazy stuff uh like people coming out of relationships with narcissists sociopaths uh spiritual abuse and manipulation like all sorts of interesting 
That reminded me of another thing I wanted to ask you about. This dude, this is going huh. <laughs> to... I'm two. sensing a trend. Uh, <laughs> it seems like more often than not, what ends up happening in these conversations is, well, we got to have you back. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> Meredith, we got to have you back. Uh, yeah. But please keep, keep going. No, yeah. so I'll... Because we're... I, we have to be nearing the end of attention spans for today. So, uh, basically... It's like a hybrid of that. So like they can come and process through relational issues at home, drama with clients, overcoming anxiety, connecting to their core vision. And then I, in July, started this thing called the Waymaker Program. And that is basically for pioneering entrepreneurs specifically. And it's a tw- at this point, the current iteration, it might change over time, but it's a 12-week program that has like lessons or modules it's all about when you're doing something and there's no roadmap for what you what you're doing how do you thrive internally like how do you actually have concrete tools and frameworks to navigate change and uncertainty and to uh, overcome challenges that they that come your way because it's a really lonely journey and not a lot of people understand it go ahead do you know what i do for you know i'm a lawyer right yeah but not in depth. I just know that you know, as a fact. I can't believe this has never come up. Uh, a good portion of my practice is spent uh, helping startups raise capital. Yeah. And it representing investors who do it, in, who invest in startups. But um, And so we're dealing with a lot of, especially the CEOs around the Twin Cities. Yeah. Um, and you're absolutely right. I mean, it's been the topic of someone like, the the startup community roundtables lately is this idea of how do we get more support for these founders because like especially the mental health aspect of like it is so i mean that's why tim ferris ultimately describes stoicism as the ideal operating system for high stress environments so it is the prescription in his mind for the entrepreneur Mm -hmm. is the stoic mindset and so that's i don't ever really say that explicitly like when we're on the f- uh, honestly a lot of what we end up doing is just talking yeah to the entrepreneurs like some of, most of it's legal some of it's not yep you know what i mean but it's like it's very clear that like they have no idea like and they're they're making eight thousand decisions yep it's and it's brutal. like yeah it's absolutely terrible and they have, they have nobody to kind of share the load with yep and so they, they feel like they have the, the weight of the world on their shoulders and they feel like they're not going to make any of the right decisions all of them are wrong and then they as high achieving people do they get in this spiral of, of overthinking oh, and, and being overly hard on themselves yeah. not knowing how to bring warmth and yeah. then they're also doing something that they're a startup uh yeah. so this to me that's the whole reason why i'm doing what i'm doing is for those people to have a place to get poured into yes. and it's crazy how much a little bit of space can open up like really accelerates people yes. on their journey yeah 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 i i have to remember that because i know that i have a few yeah we'll talk we'll talk okay cool. <laughs> we'll chat this is the last conversation we'll ever have no, don't <laughs> <laughs> I know. okay can i we're coming to the end yep. here uh we didn't get to talk about a lot Your of list. things. We did a <laughs> long list. That's okay. One thing selfishly that I do want to try to tease out because this is the thing I tried to write about all day long. Okay. And I hit a four. I hit a. I hit a. I hit a. A block. Anyway, 
I'm going to try very hard to make this somewhat coherent, but it's just not going to be. And it will tie into some of the stuff we talked about with carrying the trauma of past generations with us. <clears throat> so we talked about how we met Adam Brace North. Yep. In the sauna. And, uh, you know, there's a sauna and the ice tub component, the back and forth. Um, and we've talked about in the past, like reasons. Divine of tensions. Yeah, 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 yeah. Why we, why do that? Um, and I was thinking about it and basically I, th I think the conclusion I well not the conclusion not just me um, from doing a lot of formulating of this it's because why I think jumping in the ice and the sauna is so important is one we talked about it's I think I, I think you experience God in the extremes of nature. So the, the more extreme pieces of nature that you expose yourself to, the closest you are to your origin, in my belief. Anyway, from the perspective of what happens physiologically and what we've been told mythologically for a long time, I think what's happening is why I love it so much is that by stepping into the ice tub, we are taking the hero's journey. And so I'm going to explain what I mean by that. So um, it's this idea that like in a, in a voluntary exposure to stress turns you into who you could become. That's how you become who you could become. That's how you become the hero. You awaken the hero within you. So mythologically, we know that's – mythologically, we've been told that forever. Every, like ancient Egypt – Though their myths were that uh, Horus had to go into the underworld to uh, rescue his father Osiris, um, and so it's like this idea that you you have to venture in to the belly of the beast. Is Pinocchio too, right? Pinocchio has to go into the belly of the whale to save Geppetto. So mythologically, yeah. it's this thing we've been told forever that you have to venture into the belly of the beast, the abyss, and the abyss representing kind of the territory, the unmapped territory outside of our lived experience. That is the unknown. That is the abyss. That's the thing we have to venture into to get the thing we need to get to become the hero that we want to become. Mythologically, that's been told us since ancient Egypt. Physiologically, what we now know with the study of DNA and epigenetics is that there are parts of our genetic code all of uh, the entirety, totality of our genetic code in history is locked inside us and we carry it with us, even if we only express certain elements of that genetic code in the individual, in ourselves yeah. as an individual. But through epigenetics, what, that's, what it tells us is that when we put ourselves in new circumstances, new stressors, new experiences, new uh, – basically when we explore the unknown territory around us, it causes – New brain scans show that it causes n different neurons and different parts of your brain to light up. So, like, yeah. the dark matter of your brain that wasn't previously lit, it turns on. And this goes to something I mentioned in the past where it's, like, the sensation of um, walking into an unfamiliar room of one's own castle. So, it's, it's slowly yeah. lighting yeah. up the entirety of your brain neurologically. Yep. I think it's the same exact story. So, whether it's mythologically or scientifically is this idea that voluntary exposure to stress and uncertainty 
and the unknown is what causes us modern individuals to take the hero's journey that has always been taken. It's like that's what allows us to ascend into what we could become. So that's what I find in the ice. When I'm when I do an ice plunge, it's not that I'm simply getting in cold water. It's that I am intentionally trying to call out the hero within me to confront that, turn on new parts of my brain and in doing that, I encounter my ancestors. Like that that genetic potential locked mm. in me gets unlocked slowly by constantly encountering that stuff that's outside of my comfort. That's at the edges of my comfort zone as it as I work to expand that and map new territory. It's as if I am becoming more and more what I'm capable of becoming. That's the that's the David Goggins thing. I'm I'm chasing the chart uh by doing it. Did that make sense? That's <laughs> What do you say, Connor? <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's I think he does. Okay, that's that's the ancestors in the ice thing. Yes. That that connects a lot of dots from earlier. To me it's also kind of like the standing on the shoulders of giants yes. or it's accessing um okay, so I talked we talked earlier about being a period in terms of like you can cut off negative patterns from the past. The other side of that, I often think there's hard won battles and really special things in the generations like generational gifts, aptitudes, abilities that often get dropped. And so there's something there what when I hear you say that there's like accessing the fullness of what's been done before you and not yes. letting it. And yeah. and that's where it ties in with this deeply held conviction now that I have of effectively this is cheesy, but it's like I view myself as a gatekeeper of the hard won wisdom of the past. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the role okay. I think I have to fill in some capacity, way, shape, or form. Okay. I gotta just bring up this. My my mind made me think to just snap a photo of this right before I came. Okay. So, I relate that to that too. My name Meredith means guardian of the sea, uh, or lord of the I sea. Love that. And there's this random verse, uh in psalm 33 that yeah. says he yeah. gathers the waters of the sea as in a bottle he puts the deep in storage places uh, <laughs> but to me that is like the oasis in a way or that's like that storing of the collective yes wisdom and yeah yeah i while we were recording this podcast we've talked about origin stories previously yeah my mom sent me a puzzle uh that apparently my my dad's mother, uh, Grandma Marley, was her name. Um, she passed away probably. She had dementia. Yeah. Um, she passed away, I don't know, probably 10 years ago. She used to give us random gifts. The last, she used to give us puzzles. And we've talked before about how, like, our own stories of the words that are spoken over us have this ripple effect that we don't even realize. Yeah. Um, and this is, that's something I want to talk about next time we get together. But while seriously, while we are on the podcast, um, sent me this puzzle and it's a Thomas Kincaid puzzle. And, uh, the words are, it's just, it, it ties in with the embrace North and how, what that's represented for me 
is an basically just like the ultimate antidote to all of my anxieties that I was feeling being caught in the corporate world of feeling like the return to nature is what I had been missing. That was a return to what it meant to be human, to what it meant to experience God, what it meant to meet my ancestors, all that stuff, all that weird mystical mumbo jumbo that I talk. Anyway, this is what it says. Feed your heart with beauty outdoors, indoors, in your present life, in your memory, and you'll build a deeper, clearer vision for the beauty that can continue to fill your world, nourishing, enriching, and coloring your life with joy. Uh, if that isn't a call to deepen your oasis, I don't know what is. Uh, and that call was in my was on my heart before ever I knew it. Hmm. Um, and that's I just I love stories like that. Uh, <laughs> it is just totally random that today of all days was the day that she chose to send it to me. But I don't. Yeah, it was. I love that. <laughs> Oh, Meredith, Meredith, Meredith. So much so much we haven't talked about. <laughs> um, so many things. Anything that you want to make sure oh, – how how can people find you? Oh, um, <laughs> you can't. <laughs> Boundaries. <Good luck. laughs> no. As uh, I think it's been a popular uh, – you, yeah, no. you can DM Connor. <laughs> yeah, when in doubt. Uh <laughs> So scaling within, so Instagram at scaling within, scaling within dot com, uh, the waymaker program dot com slash learn more, <laughs> nice. which is linked on Instagram. Yeah. I think if you type in scaling within, you'll find my stuff. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, now that we have, uh, no, how long have we been recording? Two hours. Okay. Now we have a two hour intro. <laughs> If you were to give a five-minute unthread interrupted intro, what would you want to say? Like, I just—I mean, like, like about myself. Yeah, or just about like, the just, just generally, whatever you want. Like, if it to serve as like a sure. Because I feel like I feel like we've there have been so many <laughs> ideas that have been hashed out, and through it all, because of the nature of how we got around to all of those things, I want to make sure that you've at least just got the floor for. Whatever we can always it is cut you this out if we need to. Yeah. yeah. So my mind's blanking now. It's <laughs> yeah. fine. Yeah, I'm, because this is from me asking you at the beginning if we could have a clear intro. Yeah. My my mind's thinking uh, because we like, yeah, yep. compartmentalized yep. it, then it would be s- kind of awkward to have a concise intro and then keep right. referencing and here's like here's all of it and then yeah i think uh, what we did actually worked i think so too i just want to make sure yeah to give i it feel a, i feel for, yeah for i appreciate that for sure i feel satisfied <laughs> that <laughs> satiated is yep. what's most important <laughs> that's what's most important yeah uh, well meredith thank you for putting up with old noah and i <laughs> coming in and uh spending some time yeah, yeah. it was it was enjoyable <laughs> I yeah, it was I mildly entertaining. <laughs> Usually people pause longer than that before they give their positive review. So I will I take that as a win. I consider doing it again. Uh, All right. <laughs> Steps in the right so direction. She's saying there's a chance. chance. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Well done. Oh, well man. done. Uh, without, uh, with that in mind, Meredith has already said it uh, once on this podcast, but as we do each and every time, um, 
Thanks for listening, everyone, and 